Hi, this is Amy and Pelizari, and welcome to Tall Poppies Presents, I Know How This Book Ends. In this episode, we're going to dive into the story behind the story and the truth behind the fiction of best-selling author Isabella Maldonado's latest novel, The Cipher. Welcome, Isabella. It's so great to be here. Thank you, Amy. Oh, Isabella, I am so happy to meet you. This is our first time actually meeting. And <laughs> you and I have something in common, which is that we share our literary agent, the incomparable Eliza Royce Agency. Yes. Um, so uh, this is this is our first time meeting, but obviously I have been following your tremendous success and talent. And uh, Liza and I have been talking about you and your trajectory. And so I'm just, I'm really excited to, to meet you and finally be able to talk about this amazing book and your amazing career. We, we share something else um, beyond our literary agent in that mm. we have both transitioned to writing from another career. I was a lawyer in my old life. And I know <laughs> that in your old life, you were in law enforcement. So can you mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about your transition from law enforcement police captain to writer? Yes. Thank you. Um, yes, I was. I, uh, I wore a gun and a badge for 22 years, a little over 22 years. And the thing is, I had always um, had a fascination with crime fiction. I loved reading the stories. And, you know, I had my, you know, authors that I enjoyed reading. And I like the ones that were able to sort of capture what it felt like to actually be on the job. Some some writers really have this, this amazing ability to do that. And I really enjoyed reading those writers. And, um, but I, I liked other kinds of crime fiction as well and other kinds of stories too. Yeah. But I always, I always thought I'd like to write uh, crime fiction. And so I did it. Mm -hmm. That's so funny because I, I don't think on all my years of practicing law, I actually thought that eventually I would write legal fiction until I left the law. So it's interesting to me that you, you sort of had that, mm -hmm. you had that realization even while you were on the job. Yes. And so what was there, was there a moment, was there um, a catalyst for the transition? I think I always knew I was going to write. I mean, even like as a kid, I was writing. Yeah. So, you know, I just, I always knew I was going to write. So the minute that I retired, I immediately yeah. got to work. Um, were you keeping a journal? Were you keeping notes while you were on the job? No, no, that ah, I was not doing. Interesting. Um, okay. The only thing I did when I was still on the job is I did write a short story, but that's it. I was, when I was on the job, it was just, I was just too much in the mode of yeah. doing the job, you yeah, know, sure, sure. totally different. And then I had to sort of embark on, on an education sort of, you know, to figure out how to go from police writing to crime fiction writing, which is they, the two have little in common. And I'm sure that you would notice the same thing right. with legal writing. Right. Exactly. It's a totally different yeah. kind of writing. So. Yeah. And I think you're so smart because I, I know that about you. I've read that, that you really did embark on this sort of journey of craft development. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that's so important because you're right. It's so similar to lawyers who who think that they're professional writers and mm -hmm. can make that transition and that juxtaposition really easily. And it's, it's not an easy transition. And I'm sure you found no. the same thing. You have to really study mm -hmm. the craft. And, mm -hmm. and so what do you think, did you, did you sort of figure out the magic formula for uh, what makes some people who have this background better able to capture it on the page that, that sort of 
that's the sort of thing that you said that you noticed some people writers could really capture it, but others well, couldn't. Did you sort of yeah. figure that out? Well, some writers, it seems like were able to really capture it, but those writers are not necessarily former law enforcement. As a matter of fact, yeah. the majority of former law enforcement don't become fiction writers Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. for whatever reason. It's almost like it's a totally different part of your brain that you yeah. use. And so um, that's why you don't run across too many um people who have a full career in law enforcement and then go on to be published authors. Yeah, it just no. it, it's, it's not that often. The ones that I enjoyed actually the most didn't necessarily have a background in law, but, but here's what they did that I do think is what I, when I was sitting down to write, one of the things I thought to myself is I really want to give the reader the feeling of what it's actually like to be out there and doing this job. Yeah. You know, that that's what I thought. That's what I can deliver better than someone else is the yeah. feeling of, you know, literally what it's like to, you know, and I, I write a couple of different series, but, you know, yeah. one of them with an FBI agent, one of them with a police detective. But, you know, to, to but to give the reader the feeling of what it's like to be at a crime scene, what it smells like, what it sounds yeah. like, what you look around and what you notice and how how the public reacts when yeah. you are dealing with a situation that's really that you know is a is a high profile crime and how crazy it gets with the media and the pressure that's on you and that, that you can't you get away from it i just i want to give readers that feeling that immersive feeling mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. you definitely accomplish that and of course there's such an authenticity to it because we know that you are a former law enforcement agent. So it just really, I, I mean, I think obviously the writing is so immersive, but then your experience just infuses it with something that's really special. So I think that's, that's really neat. I, I remember actually my very first book signing, one person raised their hand and asked me a question that stumped me that night. I think as a lawyer, I sort of floundered through some kind of answer. It took me <laughs> a long time to actually know how to answer that question. And I'm wondering um, what your answer would be. And they asked me, am I, are you a lawyer who, you, who now writes or are you a writer who used to practice law? And, I, and I'd like to pose that same question to you. Do you think that you are a law enforcement agent who now writes, or are you a writer who used to be in law enforcement? I am definitely a writer who used to be in law enforcement. I feel yeah, like there is really now. a separation between two careers and yeah. it's a total mental divide. When did you retire? Uh, I retired in 2010. So it's yeah, been, oh, yeah, my, that's <laughs> my year. That's like the magical year. That's so funny. I've I talked to other know. people who have made career transitions in that year. Um, mm. that was a magical year. So that was the same year I made my, my big transition too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it took me till now to actually be able to answer it the same way you just did. That's really interesting to me. Yeah, that, that is funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about the cipher. Okay. So, Ooh. Uh, the Cipher is a mega best-selling book. It was released in late 2020. It has received many, many accolades, been published in many different countries, and has been topping the Amazon charts for quite a while. It is a incredible story. It's the story of Nina Guerrera, 
<laughs> very good very good formerly nina esperanza li- literally a character who changes her name from hope to warrior um and she is put in the very interesting precarious position of having to investigate a serial killer that she may have previously escaped from and this book is so fascinating to me. And I really want to talk a lot about this, uh, but in a very spoiler free way, because if, mm-hmm. if there's like one person left mm-hmm. in the yeah. that hasn't yet read that book, we don't want to ruin no. it for them. Right. Um, and we're going to talk about some of the really big things that have happened to you and to that book. Mm-hmm. Um, but tell me about the inspiration behind this particular story. Let, actually, let's back up for a moment. Mm-hmm. This is not, obviously the cipher is not your first book and it's mm-hmm. not it's going to be the beginning of a series, right? It's not mm-hmm. your first series, though. It, it is, however, your first experience publishing a series with Amazon Publishing. Yes, mm-hmm. is that right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So can you give us any insight on how that experience has been different, publishing with Amazon's you know, huge publishing house, how that has been different from publishing your prior series? It has been amazing. Um, oh, the the Amazon the Amazon publishing um, house that does their their mystery thriller imprint is called Thomas and Mercer. Yeah, and um, they it I cannot tell you the huge difference it makes. The level of professionalism, you know, the the yeah. kind of editors they have, you know, developmental editors and copy editors and line editors and. You know, um, it's just it's really amazing. There's just level of professionalism they have to to get the product to where it is polished and it's in a really good shape. And, you know, it's it's doesn't have any errors or problems or anything like that. It's been it's really, really good to have that. And then after it was done to have their ability to get it out there in front of readers And that's what I never experienced before, you know, was having a book that was on a platform where people could read it. And I was hoping that that people would would like it, you know, like like every author does. You you write a book and the whole reason you write it is because you want people to enjoy it and to read it. But it's like, how do I get in front of readers that, you know, there's so many books out there and so many amazing authors and, um, you know, they just really had the ability to put it in front of people and then after that, it was up to me to have written a book that was good enough that people would like it. Yeah. Well, and you did. And I think at last count, it ha- I think I, I looked today and it had like over 26,000 reviews. Yeah. yeah. And, and what people need to understand, like the number of reviews <laughs> is like the tiniest, tiniest little fraction of people who have actually read it. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's it's amazing, the reach of this book um, mm-hmm. and obviously well-deserved. So tell me about the inspiration behind the cipher. Is it based on a real life case? Did it have any yes. real life inspiration? Tell us about that. Yes, you're going to you're going to love this. And actually, the, the cool thing about it is no matter where you are, anywhere in the country or even potentially in the world listening to this podcast, you'll be able to know the case I'm talking about because it was that famous uh-huh. that the case I'm big. OK, so when I was in law enforcement, I was um, in the suburbs of D.C. And uh-huh. that's where that's where I was located. And so. Where were the, you, by the way? Because I went to law school in D.C. and I lived in the oh, suburbs for a while. Okay. I was in Fairfax County. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. I wondered yeah. when I read the yes. book. Okay. So I was in Alexandria. Okay. All right. For a while. There you yeah. Go. 
Perfect. Okay. So yeah, but for those people who aren't DC locals that, you yeah. know, that everyone understands Washington, DC. Yeah. Okay. So there was a case a few years back uh, that is referred to as the Beltway sniper case. Yeah. And um, the reason that I know that everybody, everybody knows about this is because at the time when that was going on, I was in charge. I was the spokesperson and I was in charge of the public information office for our department. And we had one of one or two of the cases the Beltway Sniper had hit in, in Fairfax among, uh, you know, it, it went all the way around Maryland, D.C. and Virginia yeah. getting involved with that case. And it made such an impact on me. And part of what went on um, at the time, we couldn't talk to the public about it. And, and believe me, I was in front of literally there were like hundreds of reporters from around the world. Just, you know, everyone just shouting out questions. The whole mm. public was in a panic. The yeah. entire D.C. metro area shut down for yeah. like three and a half weeks while we were trying to find you know, that we thought it was this guy. It turned out to be yeah. two guys, but um, everybody was in a total panic. And um, but what made me think about it so much was at the point with the height of all the insanity of this. Um, John Al Muhammad was one of the two and Lee Boyd Malvo was the other two. But yeah. Muhammad was the older one and he would leave um these sort of coded messages and weird sayings and riddles and things. Yeah. He would leave them, but he would do it through the media. Yeah. And right. he would, he would leave stuff at crime scenes and he would do it through the media and he would force, um, we, uh, the spokesperson, the one who it was chief moose who at the time was Montgomery County police chief. He was the one who kind of, you know, would get up and speak, um, when us PIOs weren't doing it, he was the he was the chief who would get up and speak, and he was forced to say certain coded things that you know that they they made him say and whatever, and they would leave a card and you know other things at the scene, and that really and stuck he would with. Say that to sort of keep to keep yeah. the trail of communication going. Yes, yes, oh, and so number one, so that we would know it was him. Yeah. Number mm -hmm. number two, and it was it was not somebody else because that's that's a problem. There there yeah. can totally be copycats. Yeah. And yeah. then number number two, because that was part of his whole you know psyche. He yeah. wanted to manipulate things yeah. because mm -hmm. that's part of what he wanted to control everything. Yeah. Oh, that so, is so interesting. Yeah, I know it exactly was exactly what you grabbed onto in this exactly. in this story. The cipher so, is doing it through social media in this book, which is exactly. I just so basically took that concept and I updated it yeah. for you know for the current day. And I thought, how would it happen now? It would happen through social media. That is yeah. how it would happen in this day and age. And so, and you know, it's kind of like every law enforcement nightmare is to have the public directly involved yeah. in yeah. your case and kind yeah. of mucking things up and muddying yeah. the waters and finding the clues. And, you know, it's just like every, every detective's nightmare. Yeah. And um, so that is what I wanted to uh, capture there. Oh, that's so interesting. Thank you for sharing that with us. <laughs> I think that is really, that's a great inside scoop. The, mm -hmm. I, I thought what was so uh, one of the many things that was so compelling in the cipher was the sort of discussion of the work that Nina had to do to, to compartmentalize, you know, what had happened to her in the past, mm -hmm. you know, from her current role as investigator. And I couldn't help but wonder if there was some 
intentional or not intentional metaphor there for your own role? Did you have to sort of compartmentalize your your past as law enforcement officer and 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 also very intimate role in that particular case that inspired this book from your role, your current role from storyteller? Did you find that that hard to to keep those lines from blurring or or did you blur the lines intentionally? Well, you always have to. You yeah. you have to compartmentalize. It goes on all the time. Every everybody who works a case has to do it. Um, I'm sure you had to do it as a lawyer at various times as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you you definitely need to do it. And I did want to really. There were a couple things I really wanted to get across. One is that it does need to happen, even though it's really hard, and that everybody in law enforcement has to do it to some degree or other. Now, obviously, I took it to the most extreme extreme degree with Nina. Yeah. Um, I, I really, really made her have to do it. But um, the idea of some of the some of the the courage that that people have when they have to face these things. And the other thing I really wanted to to display and talk about was um, the whole thing about being um, not just a survivor, but actually showing true resilience yeah. and that in the face of adversity. And that is something that I have witnessed um, many times. And I, I wanted to really kind of celebrate that in the sense that different victims, you, you can see people that go through similar trauma. And for some people, you know, it truly just ends it for them. They, they never recover. They're never able to come back from it. Other people have this amazing resilience and they somehow are able to get through it and actually not only survive, but they thrive. Yeah. And it's truly remarkable. And it's, I mean, it's, it's nothing against the people who don't, it's just right. amazing that there are people who do. Yeah. And it really can happen. Um, you know, some people might say, Oh, my gosh, you know, there's no way she could go through all that trauma. But I have seen people go through unbelievable trauma. And yeah. they and they come out of it. Now, obviously, you do suffer with certain side effects. And I think it sure. is absolutely a couple of the readers very uh, smartly picked up on the fact she totally suffers from PTSD. There yeah. is no question about that. And, I, and yeah. I also want to make sure in my writing, I didn't come out and say it. But I made it clear with a couple of scenes that yeah. she absolutely you can you can tell she has mental and physical scars from what she's been through. Yes. And I didn't want to minimize that, but that she got it together and managed to get through it with an incredible amount of strength and resilience. Yeah, she's definitely a believable character. She's and I, I think that's amazing that you were able to portray her scars alongside her. Um, her strength. And I think that's what made her believable. So to, to that end, is she, is she sort of an amalgamation of various people you've known as opposed to like being inspired by one particular person? Yeah, she is more of an amalgam yeah. of different kinds of characters. Mm -hmm. That's so mm -hmm. interesting. So, so the cipher is the first of a new series, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the new book, uh, the second in the series is going to be coming out this summer. Mm -hmm. Am I right about that? Yes, it's going to come out. A different out. dawn. A different dawn. It's going to be out August 10th. Yeah. Okay. So we all have that like with a big red mark <laughs> on our calendar. We can't wait for that. Can you give us a little preview of a different dawn? So Nina is going to be in a different dawn. She is. She will be okay. in a different dawn and she will be with her new team. 
And um, she will be, yeah, because I I love her team. And um, she'll be, she'll be looking, they will be, they're sort of a kind of an ad hoc team that um, their supervisor formed. So there really isn't a team that actually exists with this mission currently in the FBI. Uh, Okay. It doesn't, I, I had to invent a team you know kind of like when you watch um oh gosh the x-files okay yes. there really yes. isn't a team like that yeah <laughs> you know yes. that yes. was invented kind of like the same you created con- the avengers i did i yeah. did so i i created a team that doesn't really exist on the fbi and i gave them a mission that doesn't you know that's a little different um but isn't so that sort of liberating it is liberating. Nobody's because... going to write you a letter and tell you <laughs> yeah. that you didn't get this yeah. little thing exactly yeah. the way it's supposed to be, right? It gives you a little freedom, exactly. a little liberation within the bounds of some something realistic. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And what uh, is it, it, it gets oh, sorry. No, it, it gets him out of the office too. <laughs> gets him out of the office. Perfect. Yes. What is it about writing series that you love? This is not your first series. Mm-hmm. This obviously seems to be a place where you thrive. Um, what is yeah. it about writing series? Um, I like the fact that I don't have to try to just put every little bit out in, in one book. I yeah. like being able to explore the depth of a character. And what I find that I do is I will plan out um, a couple of, you know, two, three books in a series. I will have them planned out in my mind ahead of time and I will even make notes so that I know kind of each book, what the main character, what the arc of the character's journey is going to be in each book. Because I don't, I don't like the kind of series as far as writing it, although I definitely will read these series for sure. But I, instead of a series that's episodic where you can literally pick up anywhere and it's kind of like the character begins and ends in the exact same place. Right. Um, I like the idea of a closed series where there's like a beginning and an end of the series and the character has a journey yeah. and changes um, a certain amount through each book. And yeah. then at the end, you know, of the closed series, it's it's done, you know, yeah. and you feel like, the, you know, you know what where the character is and where where the character's going and, and whatnot. So, you know, I, I, there, I can't imagine that there would be like a book 27 of, of this. Because, <laughs> yeah. well, there's, there's just too much going on. So that's why, you yeah. know, I, I make a, I, you know, a huge shift in each one. And so, you know, in the, in the first book, you know, she's tackling one thing, one, you know, sort of a life lesson or something. And it has to do with her past, the lesson that she learns at the end in book one it's sort of set up in the beginning. You can, you can see how someone with her beginning would need to learn this lesson in the end. And in book two, it's the same, it's the same thing. It's a different lesson. It's a different lesson, but, but it's something where from the beginning, you can sort of see where someone with her background would have a huge problem in this particular area. And right now, even as we speak, I am writing the third book in the series and in the third book, oh, it's going to be like, gonna it's going to be like too. another portion of her journey that um, it's entirely possible might be bringing all of it to a conclusion. But it's like, mm-hmm. you know, this, this could be a trilogy. I'm, I'm not hundred percent sure, but yeah, but it's kind of like, it's, it should complete, it have a sense of completeness that she's kind of, you know, gotten where yeah. she needs to go, you know, with it. 
Oh, well, I'm thrilled to hear that there's a third in the work. Um, <laughs> so so we need to talk about the big news about this book. Be- beyond uh, the amazing sales, beyond the amazing writing and the amazing journey, you know, I, I have discovered and loved this book as, as many, many, many have. But one particular person discovered this book and loved it. <laughs> um, we, we, we now know that this book has been optioned for film. Uh, it's going to be a Netflix adaptation by none other than Jennifer Lopez, who is going to be Nina Guerra. Yeah. So, so you've got to tell us about the moment that you find out that Jennifer Lopez loves your book. Yeah, it was, I have to say, it was really, really an amazing moment. Um, It was like not long after the book was out, um, we started getting calls uh, from Hollywood. Yeah. When I say we, I mean Liza and I, like, you know, our agent. And um, so we had to attach a Hollywood agent because it's like, you know, okay, there's a lot of heat going around this. So we had to do this. And um, Jennifer Lopez has a production company called Neorican Productions, and they had actually reached out. They had, um, you know, I think that I'm just learning this stuff now myself. It's not like I know anything about Hollywood, but I'm just sort of <laughs> learning this stuff myself. And apparently, that these, goes Hollywood. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they will look for things, you know. Yeah. And it was like first, yeah. it was the production company that fell in love with the book, and they got yeah. a phone call, and they're like, "We love this book, and we're interested, and all these kind of things." And then, you know, there was just, you know, there was more heat around it, and you know, other people were you know, threw their hat in the ring. I can't go into details about that, but what happened is they, you know, they then got in touch with Jennifer Lopez and she looked at the book. And then at that point, it was like, that was it. Game, set, match. So tell me how that works. So do you know, at that point, do you know that Jennifer Lopez is looking at your book? Are you aware at the time? Are you laying in bed at night saying to yourself, Jennifer Lopez is now reading my book? reading my words. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, sleepless (laughs) night. Exactly, exactly. But apparently, well, I think that what what happened is they knew that if if she read it, that, you know, she would like it. and, And she did. And, you know, so she basically, made it happen at that point you know um and so that's she got netflix to option it she got netflix to option it you know basically so she would play the lead role yeah yeah so yeah i mean that's well, that's, the, that's the kind of you know power that she has i mean she's I know amazing hindsight is, she's truly is amazing. 2020 but knowing <sighs> i i read the book already knowing she was attached to the story ah. so but I, but you know, for me reading it, it was like, of course, like you just, you can see her in the role. And I just mm-hmm. had to wonder to myself, was there ever a moment writing this role that you would allow yourself to dream her or someone like her might play that role? Actually, it's, you're going to it's really going to sound weird, but no, I didn't. Honestly, mm, it's not going to sound weird. So I was so into the writing and I was yeah. so into the character and I was so into the story. Yeah. I mean, I was like, my whole head was submerged in, you know, in, in the cipher. And, you know, part of the whole thing of mm. the cipher was the clues and the yeah. mysteries and the riddles. Yeah. And I was sunk into that Yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. loving it. I mean, I was enjoying writing it. I mean, it was, um, you know, something you can, yeah. you can read that in this story. Mm-hmm. You can read that you loved writing it. And it's interesting that okay. you say that because mm-hmm. you really can, like, this is a book that is really immersive. And when mm-hmm. you're saying that, that makes sense to me. I can tell that yeah. you loved writing this book. 
Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. If and, oh, you know, so I know, I know, we can't give spoilers. If if we no. could, I would. I would <laughs> one day in the future be fun to talk about how I came up with some of the ciphers. You know, because yeah. some of that is oh, there's some funny stories behind it. But you know, but it, I can't because that'll that'll give too much away for the for the people who haven't read it. But it was a lot of fun coming up with those because that was just strictly a flight of fancy on my part. I mean, it, that wasn't the it, actual codes and things were not based on anything that I knew of. So I had to come up Isn't with all that, that interesting. myself. I wondered about that. So we always <laughs> yeah. talk about because this is I know how this book ends. We always talk about mm -hmm. how the book ends in a spoiler free mm -hmm. way. So was the book, did the book always end the way it ends or did it change at all during the editorial process? No, the ending was always there. Okay. Um, okay. The, the journey changed uh, yeah. around, but the ending, I always knew, I knew how I wanted it to begin yeah. and I knew how I wanted it to end. Okay. You know, yeah, yeah, that much yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you always write your books that way? Do you always write yeah. them to, to the ending? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's easier. I've read, yeah. I've had, I've had some books come to me as a beginning and some books come to me as an end and it's never, it's never pretty when they only come to you as a beginning. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Actually I won't write like the one I'm yeah. writing right yeah. now until yeah. I have, um, I have to have a couple of things. I have to have at least three things. I have to have a beginning, yeah. a midpoint and yeah. an end. Yeah. That's what I, if I can't have those three, then I figure it's not really a story. Yeah. I agree you know? with you. I flounder for a long time until I find the ending. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, that's yeah. so great. Can you give us any more scoop on the Netflix film? Here. Is it, does it have a date? Well, does it have a time frame? Can you give us anything? Yeah, actually. And it's, it's kind of funny. Now this is kind of, you know, for the other authors out there or, or fans or readers or whatever. I, I was very surprised because, you know, once it started, you know, looking like this might be going to happen, um, so many um, authors came came out to me and they said, oh, my gosh, you know what? It's probably not going to get made. You yeah. know, it's just probably because it just doesn't, you know, and they're, People, and they're like, right. you understand, 98 percent of the time a studio will option or producers or, you know, whoever will option a book and then it will not get made. For you a hear that a of reasons. lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But this seemed to be different. This well, seemed that, to have a lot did. more forward momentum. Yeah, it did. It had a lot of momentum with yeah. it. And then um, once JLo attached herself to play yeah. the lead. Yeah. And then most importantly, when Netflix announced it in Variety. Yeah. It's like, OK, they're it's they're happening. basically coming out and saying, you know, now it obviously it could still fall through. You don't yeah, know. I mean, you yeah. never get it. But another good sign that happened is they have um, attached two screenwriters <sighs> to write it. So and then and then they announced in Hollywood, the two screenwriters and put a press release out that they're attached. So it's like, okay. And then, and then we got a phone call with the screenwriters yeah. and that was fun to kind of, you know, to hear their vision of it and what, what's going on with there. And so that just, again, is another really good sign that it's actually going to happen. Yes. And I've got all my fingers and toes crossed. Of course, it, yes. again, you always know, say, maybe it's not going to happen, I know, but I know, every I know, milestone that you yeah. reach, um, yeah is that way. And, and Netflix, I tell you what I love, what I love about Netflix is just that again, it's almost like 
APUB, like Amazon Publishing, like yeah. Thomas and Mercer, it's almost like that where they've got such a huge reach, such yes. a wide audience yes. that um, it is going to be a feature film, not a series. Right. But the idea, I mean, obviously they could make multiple feature films if they wanted to with the same characters. I mean, they, you know, that's yeah. all within their, with, certainly within their, within their purview if they want to do it, but they had gotten it as a feature film. But the thing is that um, Netflix is a huge reach and, and so many people all over the world get Netflix and, you know, subscribe to it yep. or, you know, see it and whatever. So that's another thing that's very exciting is just that there's so many people that have the potential to be able to see the story because it is Netflix. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, Isabel, and the other I thing too, with, great. with JLo, she's just so talented. I mean, you know, just all of the amazing things that she does, her sheer talent Yes. Um, I mean, she's gorgeous, but then on, you know, on top of that, just all the other kind of talent that she has to have someone like that yes. with that level of talent, read my book and say, yes, I want this. I'm just like, oh my gosh. I mean, this is the validation, right? This it is. It is. It is. Yeah. I mean, she's world famous. She's yeah. literally one of the most famous names on the planet. Everyone knows her by her nickname. So yeah, I'm just like, right. oh my gosh, you know, it's like amazing. <laughs> so yeah, it is. It's it's kind of like I, I almost fainted when I when I heard that she was gonna be reading the book. It was I know it's very nerve-wracking, but yes. So yeah, oh, it is. It's so very, very exciting. good. Mm -hmm. Isabella, I think it's amazing. Um, thank you so much for spending this time with me. I am I am absolutely uh, so thrilled about the success that this book is having. I love <laughs> when good things happen to good people. And, uh -huh. you know, obviously you. I've been following your success for a long time through our mutual mm -hmm. agent and yeah. it's so well-deserved. I'm so excited. Tell, can you tell the listeners where we can keep in touch with you and get the latest on your next books? We're definitely mm -hmm. going to be pre-ordering a different John, but also want to keep in touch with the news on the site for being brought to screen. So tell everybody where we can yes. keep in touch with you. The best place is to go to my website at www.isabellamaldonado.com. Yeah. That is really the best place. And if you, if you have trouble finding it, you just, you know, look for, <laughs> look for the cipher. And then when you see it on Amazon and then there's like a thing about the author and then, you know, there'll be a link just to my Google website. But, JLo yeah. the cipher and yeah, you'll find that's, it. <laughs> that's it I mean, there's, there's lots of different ways now, but yeah, but my, my website has everything. And actually, um, in addition to that, um, my, my first series was just relaunched. That's the yes. detective yes. Miranda Cruz series. The name of it mm -hmm. is. Uh, well, the, uh, there's three books in the series. It's the it's the Detective Veranda Cruz series, and the first book is called Blood's Echo, and the second one is Phoenix Burning, and the third one is Death Blow, and so that was just relaunched. And um, so that is available now. It is available oh, now, okay, and so as a matter of fact. For that. There will now, for the first time ever, they're going to make audiobooks out of all of them. Tantor Media um, is going to be producing audiobooks. And um, so it's really oh, going to be great. great. news. I yeah. remember, I know I've been talking to Liza about that. I didn't realize the, the re release had happened. So that is great yep. breaking news. Thank you for sharing that with us. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So congratulations. Really yeah. So oh, people Isabella, can get all that. Thank you so much and congratulations. Best Thank of you. luck to you. Looking forward to keeping in touch. Yes. Hearing more about your red carpet walk. 
And um, yeah. Oh, we'll it, keep... it is part of my thing that I do get to go to the premiere. Oh my gosh. It's <laughs> my amazing. Gosh, right? I can't wait. <laughs> there you go. Well, we're going to live vicariously through you. Okay. So, so keep up the good work. Excellent. Thank you, Amy. I really appreciate it. I had so much fun. Thanks for Thank having you. me. Thank you. Thank you so much.